Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. Uh, let's get back to all the other stuff we were talking about, which is China. Because along the route here, as she is consolidating power in China, as Merrick Garland is, is prosecuting all these spies and indicting them for espionage, there is this new word from Donald Trump that he intends to challenge the 22 election results. This mm. was in the Rolling Stone. And here is the writer of that article explaining what they're talking about. We reported Rolling Stone is that over the past several months, uh, Trump has convened a number of in-person uh, meetings and conference calls with a variety of Republican attorneys, activists, longtime political allies and operatives, and uh, different organizations uh, with the express purpose of discussing on these calls and these meetings, okay, if things end up going sideways for us in the 2022 midterm elections, particularly in critical states, he's talked about places like Georgia and in particular Pennsylvania, what are some of these scorched earth legal and courtroom and public relations measures and activist measures that we can take to uh, quote unquote stop the steal this time around? So 2022 doesn't become uh, 2020, in a sense. And the reason we know this in our reporting is not just because of people talking to us anonymously about this, as you might have noted in reading our report, much of this is on the record. On the record, yeah. Who were directly in the room with former President Trump. Uh, this is something that uh, that they are all very proud of trying to lay the groundwork yeah. for, which they might not even need, because, of course, Republicans could just, you know, end up uh, being declared the winners of the Senate this time around. But it's all a part of engineering from the top down in the Republican Party. It's not surprising that Donald Trump is doing everything he can, maybe, to challenge the 22 elections, even though he's not running in these elections. It's weird for him to be yeah, it's weird, interfering. Isn't it? And who's he interfering on his behalf? And where is he getting all this money from? It is a fortune to do all these things. And yeah. yet he seems to have a never-ending supply of dollars uh, to do all sorts of mischievous things. He had like $100 million left over after Jan 6, I'm pretty sure. And that's some of what Probably. he's using here. Probably, but you know, it's still a lot of money. Where's it all coming from? All these uh, backdoor donations that are hard to trace and aren't really legal donations could be coming from anywhere in the world, which reminds me of the Dragon's Tale, where we showed you the, the visit to their forbidden city, which she took Trump on. It's a very unusual visit to take someone like that. There was a lot of very big ceremonial welcoming of Donald Trump. At the same time, as there was also revelations of a $200 million loan that Donald Trump owed China way back in 2016. So as you look at his continuing political life, which extends far beyond any other typical US president, how is he maintaining this political life? And he must be doing so through some sort of funding from somewhere. Is it coming from Xi, his uh, previous loaners? Who knows? It's an interesting well, thing to note. Well, you know, I was going back through the Tom Barrack indictments, which is talking about Barrack's activities in 2016 and when Donald Trump was on television when he was. And so I was going through some old transcripts from when these guys were yammering in 2016. And Donald Trump was telling, I believe, George Stephanopoulos or Jake Tapper. He probably said the same thing to both. Yeah. But he's like, I have no debt. I'm all liquid. And if I needed debt, I always could. 
First of all, I just think it's really interesting that Jake Tapper and Judge Stephanopoulos never played that tape back and said, this guy was lying. He was in debt to China. And then interesting, like, we're the only ones who talk about that big old Chinese loan. But Trump was lying and he was in debt to China the whole time he was running. He was in debt to Deutsche Bank. He was running. He was in debt to, you know, and and everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was a concerted effort to kill that story. I remember the day that story came out, it was in Politico. And then right afterwards, there was a retraction of sorts in that they clarified that the money had actually been taken out by the Bank of China and moved to other places. That turned out to be unprovable. The correction piece was unprovable. But it seemed like someone at a PR agency had stepped in and said, you've misunderstood the loan or something like that. But it was not the case at all. It was just merely, I think, a cover story, the loan still being out there and that Donald Trump had to pay for it. That took the story away from us. But it's interesting that you know, there is a lot of coverage on our part um, about China's involvement, and this is starting to be a little bit more in the press, but there's not a lot of China coverage in terms of how they were involved in the attack of democracy. And we've been following it a lot on a national level in terms of the national politicians, also on a uh, local level where in your state, the candidate for the Senate seat that's open, Mr. Schmidt. Last night, Donald Trump gave full support to Eric Schmidt because Eric Schmidt would like a full report card of the most condemning facts possible in one political career. It's really astounding what the guy's done in two years. Yeah. But what, do you remember when Donald Trump gave us an endorsement? He said, <laughs> yes. I support Eric. And you had Eric yes. Greitens, the disgraced governor, and Eric Schmidt. <laughs> and I thought he meant me. It's interesting who Donald Trump backs up, isn't it? Well, I guess it's not say, surprising. You know, he, I bet you if you did a Venn diagram of China's endorsements or China's wishes and Donald Trump's interest in the candidate field, they would line up pretty closely, I'd imagine. So think about, <laughs> I, we have to have all these January 6th hearings. He's yeah. doing them in public. Like the next January 6th will be televised. He is criming and treasoning on open source phone calls. This doesn't have to be we wait for the Zell and the, the J6 group on somebody's signal like after a congressional hearing on the thing or subpoenas. This is, he's just doing it in front of everyone. And all the people that are still going along with this, have you thought of how insane this is? We are currently prosecuting people for this as we speak. We haven't even mentioned the, the craziest thing where um, Clarence Thomas comes out on the shadow docket unilaterally and says he issues some ruling at SCOTUS that Lindsey Graham doesn't have to testify before the grand jury. Uh, so, oh, God, for what? I forgot about we're that. Yeah. To, we're trying to overthrow the 2020 election. And, yeah. you know, this is a senior senator in an American state. And these guys are panicked to the point they're like sneaking in the back door in the middle of the night and issuing a Supreme Court ruling and then running. And then you, on the other side, you have Trump who is doing the exact same thing with new people who are like, yes, I want to be in front of a grand jury. I can't wait for indictments. Please give me all the prison. It really is <laughs> stunning. I and mean, that move by Clarence Thomas tells you a lot about who he is and how he cannot be on this court. Never mind his other colleagues that were put in there by Trump. But it's astounding that he's there considering Jenny Thomas's involvement in January the 6th. And then he's issuing rulings oh, on Stop right? the Steal and in an attempt to steal, defraud their voters of Georgia. And here he is issuing judgments or orders on cases that Ginny Thomas was directly involved in lobbying officials in each of those states to not put the right electors up for, for the election, for the vote on January the 6th. Yeah. It's stunning that he has any involvement in something like that. How can he not recuse? And remember, there's a federal grand jury in D.C. looking at this stuff, right? 
This is the Fulton County District Attorney's Office yeah. that's doing this. And a Supreme Court justice is like throwing himself in front of a bus to protect Lindsey Graham from having to appear in front of a local district attorney's grand jury when there are other ones that exist. And do you remember why the district attorney's office is handling it and not the attorney general's office and yeah. the U.S. attorney's office that would Conf normally have jurisdiction? Yeah, conflict of interest. They're conflicted it? out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, not, not to Clarence Thomas, not conflicted out because he doesn't have those, doesn't, doesn't have to follow those rules. So he's basically, the, you know. The there's, some, there's something I'd like to remind the viewers of if they're wondering about this. There is no higher court in the land. Once the Supreme Court has spoken, that's it, right? And they have a lifetime appointment, right? Yeah, that's they have that checked. job forever, so they cannot be fired. And that's the whole point is that you want impartial justices. It would be terrible if the president could fire a Supreme Court justice. It would completely, it would destroy the integrity of the judiciary. But I would like to remind the viewers out there of something. That does not mean immunity from prosecution at right. all. Right. So that's interesting. These interesting. It's if good these point. actions are part, no, let's think about what Thomas is doing. He is using his position potentially under color of law. That is a serious thing to accuse a Supreme Court justice of. But if he is using his position as a state actor, i.e. a Supreme Court justice, as part of a criminal conspiracy, it could be considered if what Jenny Thomas has done is illegal, it seems quite illegal. <laughs> if it's illegal and, and they're investigating those crimes with multiple grand juries as we speak, and he uses his job position under color of law to run interference for a criminal conspiracy, he becomes part of that criminal conspiracy and he could be very easily charged under 18 U.S. Code 371 or seditious conspiracy. I love your enthusiasm about this. I just don't see it happening, but I, you know, it's a great, uh, it's enthusiasm. Great... It's analysis. <laughs> it's analysis. But it's, um, I'd like to see that actually happen because I've said a lot about Ginny Thomas on the show before. Let's just play out the tape here a little bit because, you know, say the GOP were funded by all these Chinese cutouts, if you will, and all this other Chinese influence that they're being provided by the increase now in influence campaigns and social influence campaigns by the Chinese and other things like that. Imagine the GOP gets into power. First, first thing they're going to try and do is basically challenge the, uh, the debt ceiling, which is an attempt to really shut down the government. So right on the heels mm -hmm. of a potential Trump or GOP victory in November will come a shutdown of the government. So anyone who's voting for the Republican Party is voting for the shutdown of the government and probably a prolonged one. The other thing is they're going to start investigating Joe Biden and bogging down the administration, which is trying to fix everything that the Trump administration did with all these investigations. These are the two big issues for them on their mind as the world is facing all these major pressing issues from inflation to oil prices to potentially conflict. Or, or certainly there's already in Ukraine, but potentially in Taiwan, the geopolitical competition between the United States and China. There's so much going on, but their number one concern of the GOP is to do what? To shut down the government. Who does that really serve? It probably serves China more than anybody else because it's certainly not helping the United States run. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea, but just didn't know where to start? Well, one of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. 
That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. Hover.com makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. Hover makes it easy to get started, so what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code REACH, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover.com forward slash reach. I mean, Russia's kind of in a bad spot. One gets the sense that Joe Biden's talk with Saudi Arabia might have been fairly definitive. Well, I mean, China's the closest to us as a peer in terms of their size and influence. It makes sense that they are not in as supine a position as Russia is. Let's face it, we've heard the last of Vladimir Putin. Like well, his army's there. gone, his yeah. biops are, are, are busted. We've sanctioned him into the Stone Age. But don't, you know, don't say and, that too soon because he's still fighting and we haven't even seen the full effect of this call up into Ukraine. I, we don't know how many people he got I, listen, I, I think Come it's going to be a terrible war. I've been there with you all along. I think it's going to be a disaster for him. But he, it doesn't mean he's going to stop right now. And it's certainly he is going to be, this is going to be the last chapter in. Oh, and in I don't Putin. want to stop kicking the crap out of him. Yeah, but it's going to be bad. I think the bloodbath that we still expect to see in Ukraine is quite serious. And why I would challenge you a little bit about the Putin's survivability is because he really is China's man. When you look at the way he rose up through the Soviet ranks and through Russia, uh, ultimately become the president. He did so with a lot of help from the Chinese who were in fact upset with Gorbachev because of his support of the Tiananmen Square protesters. And they overthrew Gorbachev and replaced him with Putin, which is a far more hardline approach to things. And by all accounts, Putin and Xi still have a very good relationship. They're best of friends, they claim. And they're on the same aligned strategic mission for the next 30 years, which involves the Arctic and a bunch of other things. So it's not so easy to say Putin's done. Whoever replaces Putin might just be another China crony. That's a good counter argument there that if Putin sticks around, it's because he's Xi's employee. I don't yeah. think they're friends. I think there is a subordinate relationship yes, there. I agree. Now, yeah. Take Dmitry Rubovlev, who mm. owns half Monaco and bought Trump's house up and all this other stuff. Who does Rubovlev sell that fertilizer to? Chinese China. agriculture. So yeah. China still needs Russia and Russia still needs China. That's going to be a real odd couple there for those guys to sort of openly go it alone. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the plan. It was interesting when Putin and Xi met last month, I think, uh, she told Putin she's concerns around our or has questions and concerns around the Ukraine war, which was an interesting admission that there were questions and concerns around the war itself. And But she never mentioned anything in his response. And these things are often very choreographed. One leader says something in order to allow the other leader to say something. And so there'd be an interesting little bit of tension, but it'd not be overblown. But it was interesting that he stayed silent after Putin had acknowledged that there were questions on, and concerns on Ukraine. And then the next week, we saw the call up of the 3 million or 1 million or however many people are going to show up for Putin's war. Those are just chronologically, that looks like a very scary series of events. If she's calling the shots to that minute detail in Russian foreign policy, but who knows? Um, I guess the point of tonight's show has been to 
try and pull together these threads that say China's here. China is very much an issue for the United States. We have an espionage challenge around them that there's been now these 10 arrests. There's been two very high profile arrests involved in trying to steal or obstruct the justice in the investigation of Huawei. You've got this remarkable theater which showed the progressive leader of the Chinese Communist Party, Hu Jintao, publicly removed from the stage by Xi Jinping. So a lot of the liberal wing of China has been carved out by Xi as he consolidates power and becomes much more hardline. On top of that, you've got this potential comeback tour of Donald Trump trying to challenge the Pennsylvania and Arizona results. And it's just a general economic and geopolitical situation which makes it tough for China to find its way in the future as they face a low GDP, they miss their GDP targets today. They are facing a COVID policy, which is strangling their economy. And they also have a mortgage crisis, which is really hurting them. So all of that is on Xi's plate. And it happens to be our problem too, because they're our number one adversary. So, uh, you know, worth paying attention to in any event. Last words from you, Eric. The Biden administration is very different than the Trump administration and how we handle these matters. It's even quite different from the Obama administration and also very, very different from the Bush 43 administration. I think that we've, we had more than 20 years of really allowing China and its sub allies free reign in this country, financial maneuvers they made, but espionage as well. And the Biden administration is the first and hopefully not the last of the administrations to push back and insist on American sovereignty and security. And I'm pretty darn happy to see it. There's another point on that. Certainly when you look at the comparison between these two parties, the majority of money that goes into American politics through all these back channel ways through China is landing up in the GOP. The reality of it is when you have a figure, maybe a leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, who is beholden to China in the way we have been describing his loans, plus his inner circle being connected to China, as we've been describing in the dragon's tale. It's very important for people to understand that the GOP is actually aligned with China. When you align their political views, their political thinking, that is who they ultimately support. Even just looking at the war in Ukraine, who's which of the parties is in support of the war of Ukraine in terms of supporting Russia's side of it, it happens to be the GOP. There's a lot of money being poured into the businesses and into the companies surrounding the GOP. And so and that money's coming from China. So if you're choosing between the GOP and the Democratic Party, one side is the Democratic Party, the other side is the GOP slash China. So make your choices carefully. There you go. That's the show for tonight. Thanks for watching. Have a good night, everybody. Every minute of narratives reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative where truth lives. One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues.
narrative where truth lives.